0: Everybody, welcome back to another episode of Dunk Up the Ship podcast. This is episode 75, uh, Rev 5 of Ask a Chief with Chief Bob. Uh, it's just us catching up, we kind of went all over the place. Um, there is just so everybody's aware, there's a weird section about an hour, it's a weird transition about an hour and 20 minutes in where I just had to cut some stuff out and there wasn't really a great spot to <laughs> switch over. Um, and it was just we got into talking about some stuff, had a lot of names and um just information that it wasn't practical to edit around so i just cut it out um so if you kind of catch that weird transition i apologize um but just me and chief bob catching up kind of went all over the place variety of topics uh and yeah just fly on the wall type stuff so i hope you guys enjoy this
1: i yeah i do i slowly i have some signatures (laughs) there's gotta do it bob there's just like nonstop stuff that's going on. Like, yeah, uh, I I don't even know how to explain it. Like, st- a lot of it's just like local. It's specific to our command and some of the people that are there that we're having issues with. But right, there's just like always something. And then we just had a TAV like six or seven months ago. What's that? Uh like the training assist visit, but it's SLC coming down and doing an inspection. Gotcha. Um, and they did one. Yeah. Like six or seven months ago, it's supposed to be once every year, two years they do one something like that. But it's like, they do it. Not just on us. It's like, it depends on the site. It's super random. Sometimes we'll go like two or three years without one. And then apparently Somehow we just got short cycled. I don't know. It's not like we're going to the yard. So they got to squeeze in an oars before right. we go to dry dock. So I don't get how that makes sense to anybody that we're doing another one. But, but that since I'm the rate lead, that means that like we have to do a test. Yeah. We have to do a boatload of binder reviews because every course I have to review every instructor binder and fix all that nonsense. It's just like, it, it was just like a last minute crunch. Like, yeah. they made a schedule when we were going to give our test before we even had the test. <laughs> and then I got mine for some reason, like a day or, or two days later than everybody else. So I got it Wednesday morning for the test to be on Thursday afternoon. Of course. And then they want me to like review each question and tell them if the answer key makes sense. And I'm trying to explain like EW such a weird thing right now that yeah. I can't, I couldn't even explain like what, why it was wrong. It was like <laughs> the question of the, it's like the answer key is fine, but the problem is the question that they gave us is on outdated.
0: Yeah.
1: But it's also stuff that like everybody understands. So I'm looking at it like, yo, that's a free five points. I'm not even going to fight yeah. it.
0: Yeah. That's funny. Um,
1: but I did that yesterday afternoon, grade the test. And out of the 15 so far that took it, We've had, uh, six people, I think, fail the instructor questions. Oops. Uh, like almost completely. Jesus. Uh, I had one straight zero. I had, <laughs> I had one, one point. Wow. <clears throat> it's weird. Like the in rate one is, is hard too. Cause the first question is an it question Yeah. and the comms and the UW people have the exact same question. That's stupid. Um, and then the other questions after that are either EW or comms related. Right. And so like the OG ITs are in there and they like do pretty well in that first two part question. Right. And then they just tank after that. Yeah. And then the, I, the, you know, the previous radio men are the opposite. Yeah. Tank the first one. And so it's like, I can't wait to (laughs) write up this test item analysis and explain why everybody sucks. Yeah
0: explain how ridiculous it is to be testing these guys because like what i what doesn't make any sense is you're testing them like they got some kind of training on all this like before like they so they combined everybody right but then they didn't it's not like they sent everybody to all these schools immediately and magically they had like the ITs had radio knowledge and the radio man had IT knowledge and whatever and so it's just like they're the same guys you just changed their name <laughs> so it's like
1: no they just yeah they just blame it on on our in rate training that we have twice a month and tell us that it's not adequate as of if course an hour every two you know two hours a month is really going to teach somebody right. how to do a totally right. new job. Ob-
0: Obviously I'm inadequate. That's what happened. It's not your idiotic plan to just merge all these rates and like decide that they're all gonna do different jobs now and that oh, somehow they're supposed to magically have all that in rate knowledge. It's totally my fault.
1: You're right. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. It is what it is. Yeah. We we were talking to our department head about it, and I'm the other guy was like the other rate lead, um, the comms one, he was like what, why are we taking this test? Like, what is the purpose? What do we gain from this? What does this tell anything? Like if like basically said, like, what happens if somebody fails? Yeah. And he was like, Oh, it's, you know, if they fail, it's, it is what it is. Like, it's no big deal. We'll work on it with training and we'll keep moving along. And it's like, then why are we taking this? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Then what's the point? It's so that it's so that the people at SLC can validate the job that they have. That's all it is. Some book or some message or some, whatever said that they have to go do this, um, this like absurd, this inspection on your schoolhouse. And nobody had the conversation about whether or not it makes any sense to do it right now on a rate that just merged and a bunch of people that don't have training in all these different areas. Cause like the same thing's happening with like they, I just did an inspection on a submarine with 57% manning and they just lost their chief the day before we went down. And so like we, (laughs) well, yeah. And it sounds as ridiculous as it is. And they were all for like, we, the the chief wasn't lost until we were already like about to go down. But so they didn't know that. But even going in, when we found out they're manning, we're like, what are we going for? Like, why this doesn't make any sense, but they were going to force us to, to do the inspection anyway. And then they lost the chief like last minute. And so there's uh, a first class and three juniors on a submarine that's supposed to have seven or eight total, um, depending on what document you're looking at. And so I looked at my boss and was just like, I'm not doing it. Like, I was like, look, like we can have a conversation with people and we can try to officially say this is an inspection. And because we're already physically here, we can just go down and do training and like assist as much as we can. Mm -hmm. To get them, you know, I don't know, to get them as ready as they can be to endure the suck. But really, they just need sets of hands. Um, But they like they were initially they were going to just have us do the inspection anyway. And I was like, look, I'm not doing an inspection. I was like, you can send me down there and tell me I'm going to do an inspection and I'm going to just give them the lowest at standards grade, which is like an average that I possibly can and then just do training and write comments like I was like so even if they're not even if like a fully manned division in the same state would have gotten an unsat like there's nothing productive about me going down there and telling a group of people that just lost their chief had a bunch of other unplanned losses and are only manned around 50 percent that they suck like you should right. be doing a better job at all this stuff that you couldn't possibly do effectively because you don't have enough sets of hands and even the right. supervisory element that's responsible for all like the admin and accountability so it's like you he, he just vanished and now this first class is all of a sudden thrust in this role not even 24 hours before I got there and I'm gonna go down and write up a report that says he's doing a bad job like right I'm like so no I'm not doing it I was like we can either officially say that or unofficially I'm telling you like I'm not gonna do it because it's not productive at all and then I've been going down this road. I've been like launching into these tirades recently about like, cause we keep having all these issues on boats with like, they're just, everybody's not great at their job. <laughs> like there's boats that like, there are some out there that they're doing a really good job. Like, but they're mm-hmm. really rare. And uh, we're having this conversation about like why that is because like going into this inspection, we were kept being told that they were doing terrible and it's going to be painful. And like, I'm like, oh, great. Here we go again. And I've been talking to some of the guys that do a similar job as me about that. <laughs> a lot of them are about to retire. And just mm-hmm. like the state of like our rate. And it's just like it, Like a lot of guys don't understand what's really happening, in my opinion. Because to me, it's really incredibly simple. It's like we don't get trained ever. And so it's like, oh, well, there's a CSA school. You used to run it, right? Yeah, I used to run a 25 training day school where it's like you don't even get that much time. And it's like it's impossible to teach them how to do this job effectively in 25 training days or less. So yeah. you end up with like not only do the, the new cooks that you're getting on submarines not know how to do their job, but the people that are responsible for teaching them how to do their job also don't really know how to do their job. They know how... To do the administrative side of it, which is why this ridiculous checklist I have to go down on a submarine with is so administratively heavy when we do a job called being a culinary specialist. It makes you scratch your head, you know, like why would I not be <laughs> spending more time on evaluating the quality and uh, like method and I like do you know, you're spending more time on the culinary side of it and like sanitation and stuff like that. Not that that's not on there, but it's way less important than all this admin that adds zero value to the mission basically. Right. And so like we have all these cooks that don't know how to cook in charge of a bunch of cooks that don't know how to cook. And then we're like throwing our hands up going, why can't they cook? Like, (laughs) And it's like guys like me who have like, I had a bunch of industry experience before I joined the Navy and then I got a culinary degree. So like classically trained, blah, blah, blah. Like there's not a lot of me in like, I, I don't know another guy like me in like the higher levels of, of, the submarine community, like the senior enlisted guys that like Mm -hmm. just has a similar training, uh, background and stuff. Like most of the people in the submarine force that have come in with a culinary degree or get one at some point, end up in the aid community or they get out of the Navy because they realize they can't do what they want to do in the normal Navy. And so like, you don't really have anyone with the skill set required to provide that training, whether it's at an a school that's too short or whether it's in the fleet. And so, like you just end up with these really bad products. You you end up with with sailors making food that is like that article that the uh, gossip rag that the Navy has. It's not really the Navy's but you know like that they, they put out this ridiculous article that I got all mad about <laughs> bashing all this food on like carriers and stuff which it's like I got it. Like those instances that they showed was really really bad. Right. But there's also a lot of people doing a really good job And then also it's like the actual problem is that they're never provided any actual training. And it's like, I'm sure there's other rates that have a similar issue, but a lot of the, um, a lot of the other rates, like they at least have a training pipeline that makes some kind of sense. No one ever looks at it and is like, why can't you cook? Because they think they can cook, which is largely untrue. And they're like, well, I can pour milk into cereal. So I'm basically an expert. I put food in my mouth and chew, So I totally know what I'm talking about here. Um, and so you end up with these like people that are flaming all these cooks, like they're morons for not knowing how to do this. And then the whole, then you get into this really weird place where it's like, the whole rating is constructed in a way that caters to people that have no idea how to actually cook. So they built this whole like construct around doing other things. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's really bizarre where it's like the, the way that, um, the way that everything is set up is like, uh, it's, they built everything to be very administrative focused and to like create things to do. Um, sorry i'm trying to make this stupid thing stop dinging because my phone is linked to uh my computer and all these texts keep coming in
1: Uh.
0: i don't know i gotta go to like notifications i think um fuck it sound maybe play sound never. Can we just mute it Oh Man, hopefully that doesn't fuck anything else up. I don't know. I think it's a... I don't know. Whatever. It's probably not going to work. Um, and so, like, I, I've been having these conversations lately about, like, how the whole thing is built on a shoddy foundation, basically, and, like, the the Navy standard core menu is a joke. It's like, a they built this menu that is built around this go for green program. That doesn't make any sense. It's supposed to make you eat healthy, but it's like the, 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 the nutritional science is built on is like a joke. Um, shaky at best. Yeah. The whole thing is just bad. And then the standard core menu was built in a way that they were trying to create a catalog that no matter where you go in the world, there's what's called a prime vendor that will have all of the line items you need to execute this garbage menu so that basically like there's a you can resupply with whatever you need wherever you are. And so you're never gonna be without what you need. It's like weirdly. Let me, let me explain to you how cooking works. If you just give me a bunch of food and I actually have the skill set to prepare food in a bunch of different ways. It doesn't matter what food you give me. I can write a menu and then prepare food that will keep the ship at sea and provide wholesome meals for the crew, which is the mission. But instead of just providing me a skill set, which would have been like cheaper and more practical. And if you're even war gaming at like a flag level, just makes so much more sense because like you could pull me in anywhere, like even a non like U.S. port with no prime vendor. And I could get food from wherever there's food. And as long as the medical representatives inspect it and say it's fit for human consumption, it doesn't matter what it is. I'm gonna have the skill set to prepare food for the crew and you know, we can continue fighting the ship. So if you're even if you're looking at it from like a big picture, like logistical support of war fighting forces on a global scale, it makes infinitely more sense to just, just actually spend the time at the beginning teaching cooks how to cook. Because then I don't have to do any of this other garbage. I can just just give me food from wherever. Because they came up with this model where right. they're going to force us big blocks of food. They call them like battle packs and all this crap. And But they ha- they're they limiting themselves in this way where that's like they're, they have to have the items that are on this master load list for this Navy Standard Core menu. And it's like if you're in an, an area where they don't have those things or they only have... of it, I'm going to have a whole bunch of holes in my load plan and you didn't force me any food for that. And so now I have all these problems and I, and no one, yeah, like they don't have the skill set to figure those things out. And granted, like, you know, okay, so they'll do something and people are going to eat, but it's like, (laughs) it's just, it makes so like zero sense. And if you're actually thinking about it in any kind of logical way, and I think my brain's just kind of broken because I actually know how to cook. So it frustrates the the crap out of me because like if you just taught them how to do their job, then you could create, you could structure the thing in a way that makes any kind of sense. But it's like, there's just no appetite to do that. Um, and so you end up with these divisions that like, so the crew, so that was all a really long winded way of arriving at the story. I was going to tell you about like the senior enlisted, uh, like a a senior enlisted recently, like when I was on a boat, um, Mm -hmm. decided that somehow it was appropriate and like his role to, uh, write like a FSO comment card, um, which every, every operational galley in the Navy has a a suggestion box. Decided it was his place to write a comment card, destroying the soul of this division that was undermanned, about like some art some stupid like uh problem that he had with the food right like he there was a meal that was served I ate the meal it was not bad like these cooks considering their manning situation were doing a a good job like they the, the food quality was not bad like it could have been better but it wasn't bad
1: um I, but before that's like the 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 comment card I picture like <laughs> that's that's meant for like the angry nuke who doesn't have time to do anything about it right you just drop yeah. a comment card and roll off yeah but like the the that person leaving a comment card is yeah. like you you kind of like you, I know it's not like they're not the ones who cooked it they're not directly running that division. But like, it's kind of yelling at yourself at that point in a weird kind of yeah.
0: It's like also just so like unprofessional immature. Like you considering the role of that person, it's like if so number one, if you actually have that kind of a problem, like it, it cause the, the, f- the flavor of the complaint wasn't even legitimate. It was just, preferential like it was just like he wasn't happy because it, the meal wasn't prepared the way he wanted it to be not because it was wrong or bad for the whole crew or whatever you know what i mean like it wasn't like they served a bunch of raw chicken <laughs> they didn't it was serve one a of bunch those, of like a i can't food. believe
1: you put sugar in your grits and not yeah, salt it was whatever.
0: something that he was just decided that uh the the preference he had wasn't like that was right. And you did it wrong, even though it was, it was just a preference thing. Cause I ate the meal and the meal was good. Like, and he just decided that wasn't how it should be done. And apparently he had a history of like, it, he's in the serving line and he like goes in on the cooks about certain things because, uh, he's unhappy about the meal or something. <laughs> I'm just like, God, I would have paid money for that to happen while I was there. I would have lost it on that guy in front of God and everybody. But, um, It was, yeah, it was, so we intercepted this comment card, thank God. Like, so the the supply officer got it and brought it to us instead of routing it or, you know, doing what they normally would do. Um, And so he's going to feel some heat as a result, I'm sure. Like, because we talked to his CO, we're going to talk to a bunch of higher echelon people. But like, the problem was like, it just, it's not even appropriate unless you're routing the comment card to say good job. Because if it's that if you were that fired up about even if it was something legitimate, it's like as as the senior listed, it's like go get the person that's actually in charge of that yeah, thing
1: and say, what Hey, I mean. what happened? <laughs> like That's what I mean. Like some some like random nuke or whatever, like some random A-ganger, they're not gonna go like the, the they're not gonna go make the cooks like answer to them. Right. But like that guy. Yeah. You could probably make the cooks come answer to
0: you like. <laughs> well, and I used to encourage the crew like if you are so on fire about something that you're going to be dropping F-bombs on a comic card, like just come find me or like tell your chief and have them come find me. Like if you're so on fire about like the quality of the food or the behavior of my cooks or whatever the hell else it was that triggered you like. I I encourage them like, hey, come find me if it's that bad and we'll talk about it. But even like and there's something about that damn comic card box, because like even the chiefs that worked with me on my last submarine, it was like they would drop comic cards crapping all over my cooks. And I'd like walk up or they'd say something to like the E4 galley watch captain that was real inappropriate. And I'd come find them like, like, are you 12? Like, if you have an issue, come talk to me about it.
1: Just like like you would do for any other division doing any like somehow (laughs) it's different when it's cooks that everybody goes through like the galley does that right but like you don't know there's no like comment card to leave outside sonar when you walk through and you're like hey I walked through the your you know one of your spaces it was really uh, not it wasn't clean enough so I'm just gonna leave a comment card for sonar.
0: (laughs) And that's I was just like, are you a child? Because like, yeah, if I if your guys were acting ridiculous, like like let's say I was going back through the room to do something else and I walk by and a whole bunch of RC divers are like wrestling with each other or like doing something ridiculous that would totally happen on a submarine and or like they're like berating each other or saying something super inappropriate or using a piece of equipment inappropriately or whatever. And I stopped them and corrected them even if I wasn't like fired up about it, I would go find their chief and let them know what happened. So how is it any different? Like, how do I not get the common courtesy of a chief that ate breakfast and they ran out of pancakes or, and you got all fired up because you eat pancakes every day and you decided to act like a, like a screaming 10 year old that didn't get his, like, his brekkie the way that he wanted it. Like, you know what I mean? Like, cause that's, they would devolve, into like little kids throwing temper yeah. tantrums. And I'm just like, are, like, are, are, is this what we're doing? Like, are you serious? Like, are you such a freaking child? And like, usually when I would find them and like give the disappointed dad talk, they'd be like, yeah, I'm sorry. Like, you know, I just, yeah. <laughs> I devolved into a, a an angry eight year old, my bad. Like, and they, sometimes they'd even go by and like apologize to the cook, but, or they like caught him in a bad moment, which totally happens. And I get that. But like, it just seemed like this never ending string of like comment cards from senior enlisted people that they were, it was super childish and petty and immature and it, like zero productivity coming from it. It was, they're just trolling people. And it's like, you're just, so you're just, you're, you're a chief or senior chief or mass chief and you're like making sport out of demeaning junior enlisted sailors just cause they're cooks. And somehow that makes it okay because we have a comic card box, like, or because it's food and that's like the, they're supposed to just cater to you. And the one time that they don't, you decide to throw a temper tantrum or whatever. And I'm just like, yeah. I can't with this crap, man. Like, and, but then when it was this guy in particular, I was like, I, I can't even, I don't know, man. Like I was talking to, uh, Uh, like my counterpart on the ls side on the we were riding the small boat back and i was just like i'm gonna start talking down to these dudes soon like (laughs) i'm gonna start like whoever it is like that i'm gonna start like talking to them like they're junior sailors like i'm gonna sit them down and be like like explain this to me like, ju- like justify this to me. And yes, you do have to do it because I'm going to go brief like my admiral because of how <laughs> idiotic this is. Like, how is this a thing that I even have to have a conversation with you about? I just, I don't know, man. It was so weird. This whole job is weird. But this in particular, it's just like that behavior. I just like. I don't know, because I feel like I'm living in twilight zone a little bit where I'm like. I go down to these boats and I recognize the I recognize the problem as they need a ton of training that they're never going to get. And so it's like because even in the I'm only on board for like one full day and like so it's like two days total about like you'll do I'll do like a half day you get on sometime during that day. And by the time we get rolling, like half the day has gone. So it's like you get like half a day, one full day, and then half a day on the other end, which is generally just your you'll have like a little time in the morning to do like if you want to try to help them with quals or just do a little bit of training. But it's generally like you out brief and then get ready to get off the boat.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So there's not a ton of time to, to provide training because that's not what I'm there to do. I'm there to do an inspection and it takes me like one full day to get that inspection checklist done. So if there's opportunities to train while I'm executing the checklist, we do that. But it's they're they're small. So they're never gonna get that training because one, there, there's no time or resources or effort devoted to providing like the construct to do it. But two, there's there's no ability. And I say that and like I I I feel like I'm swiping at my community, but it's like it's just factually accurate. Like there's almost zero people in the submarine force that are capable of teaching cooks how to cook. And I mean like classically train them, you know, like teach them Mm -hmm. what you would learn in a culinary school. Like they just don't exist because none of them have got that training. Like like I got it on my first shore duty, not because the Navy provided it to me. Um, And it's just like, there aren't, those people don't exist unless we went and stole them all out of the enlisted aid community. Like there's a lot of them there. And then there's a lot of them in the civilian world and that's about it. And until we take the time to realize how ridiculously how ridiculous it is that they're they're so under trained and that we also don't have the functionality within the Navy to do that. It's like we need to go sign a contract with the culinary school, pay them to teach our people how to do this at different phases of their career. And then eventually it will breed out the current construct. But then it's like the whole thing is built in a way that doesn't make any sense. Like I'm going down to these boats and executing this checklist that it's like, it doesn't make sense. I've talked, I've been talking to people about like, like, I don't even care about most of the stuff on this checklist. And it's, but it's like, I didn't write the checklist and given the opportunity to provide input on the checklist, I like, I would do that. And I may be provided the opportunity to do that in my current job, but it's like, even then it's just input because like they, they offered me the opportunity to, um, like revise the Navy standard car menu. They like, Hey, do you want to write, rewrite the Navy standard car menu? I'm like, I mean, yeah, but I want to like light it on fire and like completely yeah. create, like create something completely new. Is that on the table? And they're like, no. And I was just like, well then never mind. Like I can't. Cause it's that's, it doesn't need tweaks. It needs to get lit on fire and like completely reconstructed. But then, I, okay, so I construct a menu that isn't within the skill set of, you know,
1: I Navy think submarine a,
0: CSs because they don't have the training. Not.
1: not just with that, that menu and all that stuff, right? But that's that mindset um has come up a few times and like luckily now, uh the chain of command that I have is very open to like, yeah. hey, if you think this is garbage and you want to completely change everything, like, just give me an idea, you know, basically like convince me and or talk to me about it. And if I agree with you or like, you can sell me on it type deal. He's like, then we'll do it. Yeah. Like, if it's a good idea, then let's do this. But, um, you know, or maybe it doesn't need to get changed or maybe it is a slight tweak, but I think too many people are, uh, almost like offended when you want to change something majorly yeah, because they're like, no, I put all this work in it. And it's like, Hey, I'm not saying that like you're a terrible person or, you know, I'm not saying that you did this maliciously or, when you made it it, with what was available and time money and, and knowledge or resources or whatever, you probably did the best you could and that's fine. And I'm sure it was better than what there was before that, but I have another better way that we could do things that like, let me pitch it to you. And it's like, nah, you know, (laughs) but like, luckily where I, and I don't know if that's just like a change in command thing. Like, you know, we had, When our CMC showed up, it was very much like, yeah, like, I don't know. I'm, I'm not like married to any of this. I'm not saying it's any of it's good or bad. I'm just saying like, I'm a new person and I have a different set of opinions about certain things. And so like, if you have a different way that you'd rather get something done, as long as it's still accomplished, then, you know, let's all hear you out. And so there's a lot of things that have changed. Right. And I don't know if it's just because he's, because it was different or because he's different or what I I have no idea. I don't know that level of how everything works, but um, it definitely uh, it's nice when somebody is like open to, to hearing like, well, I don't know, let's try doing all this wild stuff and see what yeah. happens. And it's like, yeah, okay, why not?
0: Yeah. And I like, think that like at that level, it works a lot better. Like, he's in a position to do a lot of those things for like the command, but it, it'd be like, I would look the difference in this situation is like this. It's like an institutional problem where it's like, it'd be like if you wanted to completely blow up and change the entire curriculum, you know what I mean? Like, and even then it's like that you, because the submarine force, it's like that, that's a submarine specific thing. So we have more control over that than we do. Like how the whole Navy does a thing. And that's what's so weird for me is it's just like this problem is not submarine specific. It's the entire Navy has this problem, except for the enlisted aid community. Those guys can cook, <laughs> but they're given the freedom and training to, to do so. Um,
1: yeah, I'm sure that when you get to that point, like once you're, you know, say like some because I assume it's it's similar to like the the flag riders for Yeoman or something, right? You're just yeah. like you're the personal cook for right. admirals or something. And it's
0: all they care about. It's like their mission is to make Gucci food. Like, so that they put all their time and effort and training into that.
1: Well, and they're not also, yeah, they're, you're going to find somebody who either a has like outside or pre-service or a natural proclivity to being able to cook really well. Yeah. Or you're like, I assume there's some kind of extra school that they might go to. Maybe not. Yep.
0: There is, there's an advanced culinary school in Fort Lee, Virginia that they go to on their way to one of those jobs. And it's like, it's still not in my opinion, long enough, but it's like they, at that point they have like years of experience in professional kitchens. And like you said, like they hopefully already have some kind of a formal culinary background. So when they show up to a school like that, whether it's like self-trained, uh, or,
1: Right. They right.
0: got it on their own time at like through a formal education when they show up to that school. I think it's I want to say it's three weeks, Um but it's like a really intense, like condensed, formal culinary school. Like it's they get a lot but, thrown but at the them really starting, fast. And,
1: yeah. And I'm sure yeah. the starting point is a lot higher than the starting point for oh, a school. Yeah, for for normal sure. CSS. Like way, way, way higher. But like um, the difference, too, is like the. Those people don't have, say, uh, like MW, like they're not worried about rec committee. And right. They're not worried about <laughs> like who's doing the whatever. Like, I don't know. You don't like how much of like a FCPOA or CPOA. I mean, they do function. Are you worried about like, yeah, I, I not, mean, they do, but like, yeah,
0: they do that stuff. Talking but it's about, not their focus.
1: No, like yeah. he's not stressing out about the same stuff that Ed right. cooks at other commands are right or you know like at a normal functioning command that has its full chain that has you know hundreds well, of people and, yeah, all and there, things
0: that you can specifically for culinary arts there is a very um like it's encouraged that you get continuing education and certifications and there's like a structure within that community to encourage that type of behavior like the, basically the premier certification body is called the American Culinary Federation. And like, there's a lot of guys, like a guy I made senior chief with, he's a buddy of mine. Um, He was certified to like be the, he was a certified instructor and he was certified to administer the tests. And they had a bunch of those guys that in, in the enlisted aid community um, where if a junior enlisted aide on their way up wanted to get one of those certifications, like you don't even have to go outside the lifelines. Like you have senior chiefs that are certified to administer the exam, all funded through Navy cool Mm -hmm. so so that you can get those American culinary federation certifications. So you have, I mean, there's those sailors are like certified sous chefs and certified executive chefs. And there's a handful of, I want to say there's a, there in the history of the enlisted aid community, there's been a handful of certified master chefs and there's like, not that many of those on planet earth like there's there's like a i want to say like 1500 in the whole world um right and so it's like there's there that construct exists within their community to, to encourage and actually execute like continuing education in specifically in culinary arts and it's just like none of it Yeah, i mean you have navy cool available to you but you also have to have like time (laughs) to pursue those things and like even the even the level of not because their whole job is effectively continuing education in culinary arts like that's what they do all day like i just saw this post from uh the pack fleet like flag mass where they uh did like a some kind of foreign dignitary meal it was like a french admiral or so i don't know is somebody like some admiral from another country was visiting and they did like this formal luncheon and the, the showed the menu and the cooks like next to the food that they prepared. And it's just it looks like some stuff that you would find at a really formal high-end restaurant. Mm-hmm. And that's what they do for a living. Like every day they're they're reading and researching and testing. And then like they get these opportunities all the time when they have these visitors or luncheons or whatever to like practice to apply their trade and and like put this food in front of these people and see how they react to it and see if that worked and see if whatever and so it's like they're doing it all the time they're doing it for a living and so like that's one of the things that i wish um we could like leverage i guess it's just like the i mean you the whole csa school like the culinary side of it like man that with enlisted aids like because they're so good at what they do and it's like But the problem is we also need like way more time because you just need you need reps. It's a craft. I don't care what anybody says about art and all this other crap. It's like when it gets to a certain level, yeah, it's art. But before that, it's just it's a craft. You're like you need repetitions to be able to do these things correctly and repeatedly.
1: There's also a difference, too, in like the resources and the quantity that's being made from, say, an aid chef kind of to a CS on a carrier or something, right? Kinda. Like you're, you're making it. Yeah. You're not making meals for 500. Yes. Yeah. Kind of. So, so it, it, that's going to change a little bit of it that. Does. And then the time restrictions that you have for that in between mm. either prep or just serving time. Like, so you can, yeah, you're a little limited. Your resources uh, are limited.
0: So it's just different. It's not like, so the stuff that enlisted aides do, um, there's a lot that can be stripped away without losing. um, Like there's showmanship and garnish, like they plating and garnishing. And like, there's right. a lot that they do that is time consuming that uh, you don't need to do to be able to prepare incredible food on a warship. And that, uh, and then there's a lot that they do do technique wise and just like preparation method wise and use some ingredients that is perfect it's like easily scalable like there's a lot like the some of the stuff they do you could strip away some of the time-consuming parts of it and there there's definitely methods and preparations and recipes they do that are just really time-consuming and complex and are not scalable but there's a lot of that stuff that is scalable and it's like the because I, when i was on my first chief's tour um i didn't spend a lot of time outside of the galley it was just the chain of command I had thought that's where I needed to be. And they weren't wrong because I didn't, I was under man, I didn't have any fleet attorneys. So like I spent a lot of time in there training them on how to do certain things. And we would do things on mission that like melted everybody's brain. Like they were just like, we'd made bagels from scratch one time. And they were just like, that was the first time I I had done it on a submarine, but like, I was just like, I had the time to do it. And one of my guys was interested in doing it. I'm like, yeah, let's do it. Let's make bagels. And we did it and they're really good. Like they're like making bagels from scratch. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's just a different thing. And they're they're They come out like in a way where it's just got that fresh baked uh, from scratch feel to it. And they're just like, the crew went nuts. And they're like, where did we get these from? And I'm like, we made them. They're like, you can make bagels. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, turns out I have a fully equipped professional kitchen and storms and freezers and everything full of food. People put a ceiling on what can be done on a warship, not like they assume it's, it's, I have limitations because I don't have the equipment or I don't have the ingredients. And there are situations where that's true, but I'm like 85% equipped. Like I have most of what you would need in a professional kitchen to do most things. The skill set is what's missing. And it's like, you can make ridiculous food on board a submarine or on board an aircraft carrier. And a lot of it is scalable. And a lot of it, you you would have to like um, tailor it to the buffet style service that we do, where you have to be able to make enough of it to feed that many people, which means you're putting it in, in like four inch or two inch full pans or half pans or whatever. And you, it needs to be hot held for a period of time and be able to like, I need to be able to like, take it from a warmer and put it into the serving line and not run out of food every five seconds because it's too complex or whatever. But there's a lot of stuff you can also do. That's like you you can do like cook it in batches and serve it as like, as you go through the meal, just like we do on underway on a submarine with like grilling chicken or burgers or like frying French fries or chicken. If you're doing it correctly, you're doing it in batches so that the freshest possible stuff is going on the serving line. So you're not getting like soggy French fries, Mm. but it's, There's a lot of the things that you can do if you if you have the skill set, you can make ridiculous food. And like, yeah, a lot of it is going to be more in the style of like um, like home cooked style food, like like the kind of stuff that would that will do well and hold up well in in that kind of like cafeteria style or buffet style service that we do on most worships. But it's like the quality and freshness and like you could do some ridiculous food. It's just the skill set doesn't exist. And it's like it 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 hurts my heart when we're like one of the excuses that's made is that, well, we're on a submarine, so and it's like, no, that's that's crap. Like there you can do I mean amazing food if you have the skill set.
1: Which I I understand like I am not a great cook by any means. Ooh. Like I can get by, but yeah. <laughs> uh it's just not a thing that I've ever I, I never got into a lot of it. I just follow a recipe to yeah. the T and that's all I can do, right? Yeah. Uh but so like one of the YouTube channels that I watch, one of uh, you know, I watch a bunch of woodworking stuff. Yeah. And um some of them have you know, they like whip out like their their cnc machine to do something and and it's like it's cool and i'm not against any of it it's because i'm also a huge nerd so that stuff's interesting to me uh but then there's one guy that i watch i don't uh i think it's called third coast craftsman yep, yep, yep. but like 90 percent of his stuff is hand tools right yeah like he's got his own like the the old hand crank drill and he'll yeah. drill out holes by hand and yeah. all his planes everything by hand and like and it, it, he does like awesome work. Right? right. And there's a bunch of cool tips and tricks when you don't have like certain tools that you use and he knows how, and every once in a while you'll see him like pull out some cool tool for something. But yeah. I think generally speaking, he uses all, you know, self-powered old school tools. Um, and the only two things that I can see is like a, he obviously is very skilled at what he does because yeah. he does awesome work without having, you know some laser guided saw to do something other yeah. and it still comes out perfectly straight and flat and or whatever but it's got to take them so much longer to get a lot of those things done cuz that's usually what those like any tool that we have across any like spectrum of of stuff like all the new technology just helps speed things up right like yeah you don't need a bunch of cows to pull through and plow (laughs) a field where not cows, but you know, whatever, like you can just fire up a tractor and do like four lanes at a time and you're done. And so like all that stuff does just save time. Mm -hmm. But you, that trade off is people probably lose some of those skill sets because they don't have to do those things by hand. So, but like what I mean is like with, with a difference of like, yes, you have the, the, the tools that are available sitting there, and you may not, like to your point, those people may not have that skill set to know how to use all of those tools to the best of their ability. But I feel like some of that stuff, like, it's just a time sink. Like I just, I don't know. It's I just picture like with your with the rotation of everybody, like there's only so many burners, there's only so many ovens, there's only so many things, and you have to make stuff at such quantity that it can't come out great for all 100 people when you can only cook things in like 15 person batches or whatever. I mean, I'm sure it's more than that, but Yeah, but it's You know what I mean like you're you're going to like it's going to slow you down and at some point you just hit this peak of like this is literally the best that's capable in here unless you're doing a, either a small batch or like a, some odd uh, I guess.
0: Yeah. I guess you know what, what I mean? I'm, like, yeah, my, I like guess what making I'm saying bagels, is I
1: get it. Like you can make your, bagels, but you're not making 400 of them that are all going to instantly be just as good at the same time. Or like maybe you are, but how much does that's a bagel as opposed to a full meal that requires, you know, however many different steps of preparation that you have to time the chicken coming out and, and being just as good as the whatever else you know insert the rest of the the meal like coordinating all of that and having the space and the time to do all those things at the same time like that's where i say like that's what i mean with the the limitations of like you're
0: yeah what's on board you're not entirely wrong like your point's not invalid it's just like the ceiling for what can be done compared to like the current level is so much higher you know what i mean like I can you're see you're that. not wrong that like for sure there is a ceiling and the larger you scale up the lower that ceiling is going to be right but that ceiling is so far above what we're doing now because there's no there isn't the skill set to maximize the potential of the equipment and personnel and like food that they have on board it like it just doesn't exist there's the capacity to do those things isn't there? Like they have the they have the equipment, they have the space, they generally have the personnel. They just don't have the skill set, and so it's like, and and you're right. Like as the larger you scale it, the the ceiling is going to keep coming down. But in relation to the level we're operating right now, it's like not even close. Like you could j- you could just do so much better, and that's what drives me nuts. Is that we don't even try. We we're not putting any time, effort, or money into training in a way that would maximize that potential. Like we have this capacity to do it and we're just not using it. And then we're trying to build a, the construct around um, like almost dumbing it down. Like we're trying to make it as simple as possible and like basically just train people, like give them the bare minimum required level of knowledge to like not hurt themselves and not make people sick. And then well, just like heat and serve or like do the most basic stuff possible with the equipment of and and food that's available to feed the crew instead of
1: putting money into training. So what's interesting with that too is that I, I think one of the biggest issues that we've been dealing with the most at our command and with just the amount of commands that we deal with that I see a lot is uh, manning, right? Like we have yeah. a huge manning issue. A lot of, pl- a lot of places everybody's yeah. undermanned. Right. Um, but one of the side effects of being undermanned is that also means you have fewer people uh, to set, to be able to send to a school. So like, even if this awesome CSC school existed, that was longer that you could do all this. Like nobody can have, I mean, I know it's a blanket statement, right? But like, generally speaking, how many people do you think would be able to go do that? Um, yeah, It's easy to say that on a boomer, right? When the boat's gone, like, what are they doing? So that would be a great time for them. But fast boats couldn't do that. Surface ships couldn't do that. Like, if you're undermanned, you, you can't... W- who is willingly thinking, I'll just lose one more person intentionally. <laughs> and just, you know, but like it's kind of the wrong mindset. That's the very practical help me right now mindset, but that's not like the long-term health of your rate mindset, right? Like long-term, if you're trying to help your command, your division, whatever you want to get as many people to schools as you can, when you can. Yeah. You're going to lose a little bit, but you're going to help that sailor. You're going to help your division because you're more well-trained sailors, et cetera, et cetera. But if you like, we have that issue all the time with people that just can't, come to a school we've i don't know how many times we have to cancel something because you know you get ready for some course that's only taught quarterly or whatever yeah and then it starts up and nobody's there that's why there's like one no show and nobody else signed up and you're like where is everybody and they're like oh they got surged so they couldn't send somebody yeah and that concept like where What's but the... then it just sucks because it just you just keep going in circles of like there's still yeah. no you have the schoolhouse sitting there try like just waiting to go help somebody but then they don't have enough people out in the fleet to to lose temporarily to go to the school to get the training so that yeah i the boat that's undermanned is now calling the schoolhouse asking for people asking for instructors to get underway to help out <laughs> their undermane and you're like yeah this isn't that we're doing this backwards that's, you're supposed yeah, to send right me people not you said not what's me said you
0: weird what's that analogy where it's like something to do with your nose to spite your face like to like bite off your nose or some weird nose, yeah. like where it's like yeah it's like you're 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 self-sabotaging like it's like what because i never you just in general not even necessarily relation to like manning and schools and stuff but like it feels like that thread has pervaded my entire naval experience where it's just like we're just putting band-aids on bullet holes the whole time instead of like taking advantage of an opportunity to do what's best for the navy you know like and the the sailor that is part of the like when i say the navy i mean that sailor so it's like like if I got the opportunity to um, like send a sailor to a school or uh, get a sailor in advanced qualification or get the sailor off the submarine to witness the birth of their first child or because like even that stuff like that, that doesn't directly like benefit them professionally. It's like you want to retain the people that you're putting time and effort into training like that you take care of them. So like when, when those things arise and they need time off, like finding a way. And I can't tell you how many times I've like invented reasons that may have been a stretch of the truth to get a sailor out of work, to go do the thing or take care of the thing. And like that, Capital that you gain is like invaluable to when I need them to do something or, or whatever. And, and a lot of it's like I need them to suck up that we're going to be down one person because I'm sending that CS2 to school during the first three weeks or whatever of the, the deployment. Right, and it's like, but then when they come back, it like then it benefits us a ton because then they have the ability or skill or whatever to do this other thing, and so now that makes us that much better. And I've never understood like the entire entirety of my career. It's like we just take the easiest answer, that, and it's almost like you're spending something like it's a consumable it, as far as like personnel go to like to just make it as comfortable as possible right now or to like address the problem in whatever way makes the most sense right now and completely disregarding the downstream effects of the expenditure that I'm making right now, you know? And it's just like, cause, and a lot of times what I find is the based on the temporary nature of, of, our assignments and so like our, our then like thereby our ownership of that command and that command's mission is like, well, I'm transferring. So this isn't going to be my problem in six months. So it's like if I if I expend something in a way that in six months, they're going to be up shit's Creek. But right now it makes the most sense. Well, I'm not going to be here in six months. So who cares? You know what I mean? And it's just like, yeah, not my problem. And then that that unit finds itself in that scenario, and then the person that is there has to figure out how they're going to dig themselves out of that hole that they're in.
1: But yeah, the so what's w- with that whole same cyclical problem? We have uh, like ANAVS everywhere is a huge like low spot or whatever. There's yeah. just not enough ANAVS, right? And to the point where like we have an ANAV who's uh, he's going back to, he's qualified Cobb and he's going back to be an a <laughs> because they won't let him go. Yeah. Uh, cause there's just not enough ANavs. and, yeah. uh, our CO was talking about this, uh, not telling weird, we do like quarterly meetings with them to talk about our rates and all that. And we had to send off a message talking about how we're under, uh, I think we're under Well, at the time when we wrote the message, we were going to be under like 59% manned and we're like, we're going to have to start shutting down schools because we can't teach them. But then how stupid is that? Because then how do you expect to get trained people to come relieve you? Right. And you (laughs) can't teach them because you don't have the people that like, it's the same cycle, like a vicious cycle. Right. And, uh, but then we're saying we need people so we can train somebody but then the boats are saying like, well, we can't send you somebody because we like, we need the people here. And then we're like, well, we can't send you trained people unless we have them. I don't know. There's no, it's the chicken or the egg. Right. But, um, the, and the warships are always going to win out, you know, all the operational commands, which they should, I'm not saying they shouldn't, but, um, it's the CEO is talking about that where like, he was looking around and it was basically like, Hey, who's, you know, he had an a nav one. This was like a while ago. I don't even know what ship it was on. He didn't say, but he was talking about how he saw this guy who like, he was looking at their a nav and was like, okay, cool. I see that you're leaving soon. When does like, who is your replacement? And it was like, Oh, I don't, I don't know. We don't have anybody else on board qualified. And it was like, well, why not? And it's like, well, cause you have to send them to, you know, whatever school for however long. Yeah. And, we haven't been able to get them off and it's like yeah but like either you lose this guy temporarily for a little bit or now yeah. we're going to affect outside entities when we have to you know steal somebody from somebody else or right. you have to get extended or whatever so like you need to send somebody to the school so that you have a replacement yeah but then if they don't like you said it's a short-sighted yeah well, fix but for this deployment like, well, i, won't I have, be here so who cares yeah i
0: have one more body for this deployment and that's all i have to worry about so it's like yeah it's good luck getting a cob to buy off on not having an extra navi t on board which is like the man their manning has always been atrocious but it's just like it's and, but they don't think about it like that like and, and even if one did or two did it's like if the whole force isn't thinking that way then it's like it's all they're going to do is fix someone else's problem because they're going to qualify an ANAV and then that AEF is going to go somewhere else, and now they're down an AVT. So it's just like, to them, what did that investment gain them? Like now I'm down one more sailor. Neat. Like, <laughs> so I get, I get it. I understand why they're so fiercely protective of their manning, but at the same time, it's like, well, at some point, <laughs> we need to line this up in a way that those sailors like we are starting to make those sacrifices so the sailors can go to the schools so then the schools aren't shutting down so then those uh, those sailors are now trained and qualified to go do those other jobs but i also like weirdly i started thinking about like it, it started with like you know how they do mid midi ops or whatever where they like midshipmen go out on ships and then yeah, yeah. they like are, are trying to like convince them to come to their community they're trying to sell them on it and i always like used the to, worst yeah it's so dumb. dumb i used to always argue the point like they're already in the Navy. They already owe you six years for their college education. So why do you have to sell them on anything? Like, why don't you just send them where you need them? And like based on their degrees and aptitude and whatever. But like, same so the same thing goes for like certain like career fields and even like, um, uh, like jobs or qualifications or whatever, even on submarines. It's just like, I never understood why it was like, Oh well we can't we can't get anybody here cuz nobody wants to volunteer to come here. And it's just like why do they have to volunteer? Like when did the military become a civilian industry where I have to like get you to say okay instead of just like if you decide to re-enlist, it's with the understanding that the navy's going to send you where they need you based on your experience and training and qualifications and whatever. So it's like I, I don't like and there's sure there's a balance there with retention. It's like, well, if they know that you're just going to send them where you need them no matter what and their preference doesn't figure in, then retention's going to go down. So I get it. But there's certain things where I feel like we could gain a lot by just telling people this is where I need you instead of allowing there to be manning gaps all the time. Like, I, for instance, and this is where it gets real weird. And I think I might have told you about this, but. I have two, two second classes on the staff that I work at that they're technically mm-hmm. on shore duty, but their jobs exist because in order to fix some kind of a manning gap that existed, um, they decided to create these two shore duty billets um, and put a couple of CS2s or CS3s there. And then as GNs needed uh, support or whatever for, for cooks, they would go deploy with the unit only deployment, not like local ops, not an import, not none of that other stuff. But like when they yeah, go on yeah. deployment, if one of the four crews needed a cook, they would go out as like a, an extra to plus up the manning. So the uh, the obvious first problem there is that's not shore duty if you're deploying <laughs> like every five minutes, right? Um, but that's kind of separate from what I'm where I'm going with this is like, uh, they recently so re, I, I, manning problems everywhere that's all i have in my life and i'm trying to fix them but uh they those units started asking for those sailors to come come out on deployment mm-hmm. and so we're like all right we're trying to figure out how to do it and we're already in a weird spot we're like one kid's getting out two of them that showed up because we also have like a pseudo flag cs and but they all kind of like are in the same pool so like mm-hmm. the flag CS is about to turn over. So one guy's on his way out to go to a boat, uh, the new guy's there and they're turning over and then he's in relief. And then I've got one GN guy that's about to get out. And then the other guy just showed up from a boat, like literally was just on deployment and just had a child as well. So I'm in this weird like period where it's like, I kinda, I, I'll make something work. I just gotta figure out what makes the most sense. Out of the people that I have, so I'm about uh-huh. to I'm about to pull, like plug a gap on one of those boats, and then we get this message saying, "Hey, uh, this high high level echelon command is dictating that all these commands provide an uh, individual augmentee to get onto a surface ship and puts around you know like a bunch of ports <laughs> as like some goodwill thing, right?" So they sent this message down through all our like the submarine force high, high, high echelon level commands all the way down. Right. And they're asking operational submarines to cough up bodies to go do this. And we're
1: just like. And I guarantee you there's hands going up everywhere. Oh, no.
0: So it never made it down. It never made it down to that level. It made it to like the squadrons. And they're like, no, like, get out of here with it. Like, because like. We have to go, you know, defend democracy, like execute missions, vital national security, like get out of here with this crap. So they sent it back up and they're like, hard no, we don't have anybody. So then it comes back up to us and I have these two people that have already been identified on a list of candidates up at that higher, like almost the highest level. Right. Uh, In the submarine force. And so basically we got told like that one of your guys is one. Yeah, you are doing this. And so I'm like, so I got to tell an operational submarine going out on deployment that has ridiculous manning issues that they can't have this guy because he has to go on some goodwill tour filling a spot on, wait for it, a surface ship. So and like then they're going to go like on some goodwill tour around the ocean like seriously not it's not a it's they're not doing a mission they're not like it's just some stupid goodwill tour thing that they do I forget the exact it's like a humanitarian like exercise thing and I'm just like how is this my problem. I have. I bet that CS is so stoked. Oh my god! I like. Well, he kind of is, but kind of isn't. Like he.
1: Well, when yeah. the alternative is get underway on a sub or go do yeah, that, so that to go be a rider on a service ship right. to just do port calls, right? Hell yeah! All there day, is that. But also, he
0: like so the guy that ended up getting pulled too was like he was going to be the flag guy, so he wasn't even supposed to be one of those GN support guys. So it's like, but we didn't have another like we the uh, so the incoming GN guy who just had a kid and all that. Like he hasn't even checked in yet. So we couldn't put him on the list because he doesn't even work here yet. And then the other guy's getting out of the Navy in five minutes. So he was a hard no. And he did it last year because this is the second time this has happened to us. (laughs) And so then it was like he was the only choice. And so he's not like he's not hyped about it in general. But yeah, I mean, when faced with the it's either that or uh, going out on a submarine, he's probably hyped. But he doesn't want to do either because he's on shore duty and he wasn't even supposed to be a guy that was at risk of deploying. So it's just like, (laughs) that's where we're at. And I'm in it in this scenario where I'm having to try to explain to these boats, like, like, how do you, how does that, how do I get a a, a mandate that I have to cough up a body to support a surface ship? And it's not even a, it's not even a, like a real deployment. (laughs) Like it's not even a thing that, should have the level of priority that it does. And we're getting told we got to, I'm like, I just, why? Like I, I'm already fighting a losing battle, trying to man these, these gaps. And then you're going to take someone away from me to do nothing to do like something that doesn't even benefit the submarine force in any way, shape or form. I just like, want to put my head through the wall. I don't, yeah it's yeah it's (laughs) and we fought it too and it was just like yeah no you're gonna provide somebody and then we got voluntold
1: I meant to show you so I sent you the tiny picture but I just sent you a much bigger better version okay oh (laughs) that's my new favorite picture
0: (laughs) That's amazing, because you can see the coin in his hand, too. (laughs) You
1: you can see the whole thing clear as day.
0: How did that happen? Was that that was at the Naval
1: Academy? No, the uh, Coast Guard Academy.
0: Oh, okay. How did he end up on stage in his whites in a position to coin the president?
1: (laughs) (laughs) So he, his cousin is or graduated from the Coast Guard Academy. So he was the first salute slash like presenter of his diploma or degree or whatever. Okay. Right. So, uh, and like everybody has somebody, right. And so then after that was all set up, Biden apparently was going to be the guest speaker. So yeah. all Biden did with all those, you could see him kind of doing it with somebody else is like somebody in the background, hands Biden, the cert, Biden hands it to the presenter who turns around and gives it to the kid graduating. And then they walk off whatever Uh, stage and then any, and and then on the, off to the side of the stage afterwards is when they do their official first salute, put all that jazz on, blah, blah, blah. Um, and then, uh, so he said that he showed up, um, crazy early because you had to to get down onto the field and sit in your own little seating for the presenters right yeah and they came by and talked to all the presenters and they were like hey because you know the president's going to be giving you the cert type deal like basically no touching <laughs> like don't try to don't give him an elbow <laughs> bump no fist bumps <laughs> no none of that don't try to hug the guy <laughs> just take the cert say hello whatever and move on and so everybody's like oh man what a bummer!" Right? Yeah. So. He was telling me that he's sitting there and two seats down from him was a retired McPog, the okay. McPog, yeah, the coast guard. coast guard. Yeah. And, uh, so like two seats in front of him basically, or to the side, but like in front of, in the order of people getting their degree is this guy. And so they, you know, kind of look at each other cause it's the same uniforms yeah. and all that stuff. So it was like, Oh, Hey, what's going on? Whatever. And, uh, cause he's got a star on his, well, you don't see it on, his dress whites, but, um, still senior chief. Right. So they're talking and, and, um, the, the Mick pog was like, man, it's such a bummer that like, I want to go, like, I wanted to coin this guy. (laughs) He's like, I brought an extra coin and everything. Yeah. And so he said, he sat there and he was like, I'm going to do it anyways. The Mick poggers. Or, or, okay. No, no. or Tony. (laughs) Yeah. Tony was like, I'm going to do it anyways. And so, like the Mick Pog's like really, yeah. And he was like, yeah, why not? You know, just kind of like, are <laughs> you gonna do fire it. me? Like, <laughs> basically, like he just kind of laughed about it, like, well, whatever. And uh, like we'll see. He was kind of like mostly just joking, but he's yeah. like, we'll play it by ear. We'll, you know, we'll see how it goes. So he was towards the beginning, but not like the first by any means. And so a bunch of people go up there, and there's a lot of officers that are out in the crowd with them going to present on and you know, a couple of non-military, but like mostly military and all that jazz. And so they're all just kind of sitting out there talking and, and, uh, they're watching everybody and everybody's just like, grab the cert, give them a quick head nod, move along. Yeah. And he said, so the mic pod goes up to stage, like two people in front of him. So where he's standing, you he can't really see what's going on, but apparently he coined him also. Nice. And so when he was coming down the stairs, Tony was going up the stairs, and the Mick Pog just looked over and gave him like a wink, and, a <laughs> nod and was like, "And goes do it." <laughs> and so he's like, "All right." <laughs> so he gets up there and just whips a coin out of his uh, pocket. That's awesome. And like, like you can see, like holds it out to show him. Yeah. And he, in the video, you can see him like go to shake his hand. And then he like saw that in his hand and he kind of hesitated for a second yeah. like to see what it was. And then was like, yeah, he grabs yeah. it, shakes his hand, drops it in his pocket and keeps on going.
0: Yeah. That's odd. And nobody said anything to him. Like nobody was like, we word. told you not to do that. Nope.
1: Nope. <laughs> nothing.
0: And that's so hilarious.
1: like, he said he got back down to the crowd and he was sitting there watching it. And like the McPog looked over and he's like, did you do it? And he's like, yeah. And they were like, hell yeah, both of us did. And we were <laughs> laughing about it. And he said there was like a lieutenant commander sitting between them. Yeah. There's a couple of 05s and 06s that were in the area around them. Yeah. And uh, they were all looking around like, you guys coined the president? And it was like, <laughs> yeah, I did. It was like, I can't, I can't believe you did that. And that's- then they're all sitting there like, man, I'm kind of mad I didn't do that.
0: Yeah, that's so amazing. <laughs> like what, I mean, because what are they going to do? Like, I don't. You know what I mean like I know they said not to do it blah 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 but like what's what are you going to do like I don't know that's hilarious well, I'm just
1: dying laughing because like so to that picture that I sent you I yeah. guess he's got like that's a screenshot or something Ooh. from it but he's got a, the act the high quality photo from that oh, he's nice. getting an 8x10 ordered so he oh, can frame nice. it
0: I'm going to have him. I'm going to text him and have him send me that cuz I'm going to make that like an episode th- that's going to be like the next goats after dark like <laughs> like, image. <laughs> it's like, yeah, this dude coined the president. No big deal. Like, <laughs> well, it's,
1: and so, so we're dying laughing at that, right? And he's like, uh, that he's got that. And I, so me and him always joke, right? He's always, uh, he always tried to convince me to, like, whenever we would go travel for something, he would always give me a hard time, like, make sure I had an extra coin on me. Yeah. And if not, he'd bring an extra one for me just in case. Yeah. And then, every time we go talk to some rando, he'd be like, dude, give that guy a coin, like palm him a coin. And I'd always looked at it as like, who am I though to give this yeah. guy a coin? And, uh, and he was just kind of like, Oh, just let the, I mean, a, that's how you get one back. Yeah. Like you give him a coin and if they weren't planning on it, they're, they'll feel slightly more obligated <laughs> and they'll be like, Oh, I got to get this guy a coin back and you can get one that way. Yeah. Or he's like, or you just kind of do it as like, yo, I don't know if you know who I am, but I'm kind of a big deal. (laughs) It's like, if you didn't know me before, now you do. You're welcome.
0: Yeah. I've never been big on doing it because I, I guess like I always, I came up in a time where, um, it was more of like a good job thing. Like it was like cheese with you. So it was like, or like, it, like chief to chief, it was more like a, like a thank you, like, no, or yeah, I mean oh, that yeah, too, yeah. but it was like, if I'm just going to unsolicited, give somebody a coin, it was more like a, they, they took care of me in some way or like went out of their way to like do something awesome. And so I just like, it was like, man, thank you. Like, or whoever. Yeah. I mean, like it was like a thank you for taking care of my sailor or taking care of me or whatever. Um mm-hmm. And so like, I, I, and I guess that just kind of got burned into me, but like, I, cause I, I've had a lot of chiefs do that where they just give me a coin for no reason. And I, it always felt kind of like, like, why are you giving me a coin? Like, I, I don't like, I don't know. I just always thought about it that way. I'm not saying there's like a set of rules that people have to follow or anything. It's just, that's how I, I came up understanding it. And so like, that's kind of how I've practiced it is it's just like, like I'm for sure if any chief is like, Hey, can I get it? Can we trade coins or like, okay, sure. Yeah. Like if you want, if you, you want a cheese coin from here, like, yeah, for sure. I'll trade whatever. Like I'm not, I get that some people are into like collecting them or, or whatever. And I'll never tell a chief no, but it's more like if I'm just going to unsolicited like coin somebody, it's like a thank you thing for me. And I, the majority of those are just junior sailors. Like, it's like, I, it it goes a long way.
1: So. And, and I, I get that too. Like, I, I don't know when the last time I've asked for one, usually if I'm going to get one from somebody, Mm. I just buy theirs. Yeah. Like if they have one that I want, like I'll just buy it. Um, which I get isn't the same and yada, yada, whatever. But like, that's the way coins work today for most of the time. Right. Yeah. Like that the only way to, it's not like, like your mindset of like, the only way to get one is because you did like, uh, like, I don't know. You go to the constitution. Like when I went yeah. there and I went and bought a coin from their, their chief's mess, but it's like, I didn't, I didn't get one because I was like a really awesome tour visitor, <laughs> you know? Like, yeah. Yeah. It was just like, I wanted a coin and I'll help them out and support their mess and go buy a coin from them. But there are ones that were like given to me and like on my rack, like I know which ones they are. And, you know, they, I guess, I don't know that they mean more or anything, but there's something behind them. Um, But it's just funny because like, I don't, uh, I don't know. But he had always given me a hard time about giving coins to people, right? So when uh when i was in california the cno came out there uh with the mick on some random tour it was when it was richardson yeah um and uh they came out did their little public speech thing and took some q a at the yeah. end and then afterwards you can go up and talk to him and so uh he'd always give me a hard time for not coining a couple people in the past because it was just i don't know it just felt weird and forced yeah and so I went up and, uh, I was like, ah, I'm going to go coin the CNO. And he was <laughs> like, that's what I'm talking about. And so like, I worked my way up to the front yeah. and it was not, uh, cause he's obviously a submariner. And so there was a couple of pilots that were there and the, the air wing CMC was a previous submariner. Mm-hmm. And so he was talking to all those guys and he was like, Oh, let's get a fam photo. Let's get it. Let's get a picture with the fam. And like Richardson was saying that. And he's like dragging all the Submariners in there. And I was back a few people, but I kind of like slipped in between and pushed my way up to the front (laughs) to get up there. And so I'm standing there taking a picture with like my arm around the CNO. And then afterwards he looked over and he's like, Oh, awesome. Thanks for coming. Whatever goes, shake my hand. And I, I pitched him a coin and he's like, Oh, cool. Thanks. And he like drops it in his pocket and it sounds like Scrooge McDuck yeah, chucking a coin yeah. into his vault, right?
0: <laughs> yeah. Just like his he's whole got a pot. A th- like thousand of a, them.
1: A thousand coins in his pocket. And so I'm standing there for a second, like that half awkward, I'm done shaking your hand. He puts it in his pocket and I'm still standing there looking at him. And I was waiting for him to pull y- one out.
0: Yeah. He probably so, was
1: out. I, don't, I didn't see a single person get one though. Oh, okay. So like... I mean, maybe he had a few from, like, earlier small meetings yeah. type deal or something, right? Which is fine, right? But, like, it, come on, man. You're the CNO. dude. You, you know that everybody just wants coins from yeah, you.
0: Yeah, but you got to think that if the, he just made it rain coins on every... You, their coin budget would be absurd. That guy shakes so many hands that, like... Uh, yeah, yeah, I not know.
1: I, I don't know. I, dude, It'd I can be, tell you like,
0: like, that, like, for the, like, flag staff I work on, it's, like, the Admiral... They
1: just as a pretty tight, though.
0: pretty tight. Well, it yeah, but then he's spending his own money on it. So like yeah, the dude,
1: he is not hurting. On a I'm
0: aware, but again, like, <laughs> dude, like the number of coins that guy would have to give out is like a obscene.
1: Yeah. I am I mean, I'm sure he does give out a ton. Uh, yeah, it, it is what it is. And they ha- so exercise
0: really tight controls over like the official coins. So,
1: oh yeah. And I just laughed because like, so i I pitched one to the CNO, and yeah. I was giving Tony a hard time. And I'm like, "Well, good luck beating that." Uh-huh. And
0: then
1: he comes out here and pitches it to the president, and let's I was play like, a Dude, game. How, it's called. How, how can I talk that? I'm gonna <laughs> you could gonna have to coin Putin, yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> or like, yeah. I mean, I feel like if you coined, I'm trying to think of like who would be more gangster if you coined like, um.
1: I'm trying I'll to think know.
0: of, yeah. I'm try, there's no like living submarine Medal of Honor winners that I'm aware of. I'm pretty sure they're all gone. And then, like, I'm trying to think of like somebody that would be more legit, like, like Ed Myers or something.
1: Like it, Jimmy Carter himself. Yeah. Like
0: <laughs> that would be legit, dude. If you could coin Jimmy Carter, that'd be amazing. That, I mean, I feel like that might win. I feel like that one, it'd be a debate. But I feel like because he has president. a submarine named after him and he's the, he was a president. I win. <laughs> like, he had fish. He had fish. a president. You lose. <laughs> yeah. But there yeah, you go. Like Lay, There's the gauntlet is laid. You need to figure out a way to coin Jimmy Carter.
1: That's what he's said. I, I was just laughing at cause I'm like, come on, man. But and then oh, the guy in my office was giving me a hard time because he's like, dude, you guys are doing it wrong. You're supposed to get coins from those yeah. people. Yeah. <laughs> and, and I was like, hey, man, sometimes you just got to let people know who you are. Yeah. You know? Sometimes you're you just got to tell Biden like, hey, uh, I mean, you're doing a cool job and all, but I don't know if you know me. I'm yeah. Kind of I'm Here's clearly my coin. a big deal. Here's
0: my coin. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, you're playing you're the welcome. game backwards. You're supposed to... <laughs> yeah, I can't. Yeah. I feel like the only the only way up from here would be Carter.
1: It's like a weird small, it's like a, a, like a subcategory of the coin game though. Right. Like instead of who's got the highest ranking one, like like, who can coin got one, like, Oh, I got one from my CO for something. It's like, well, who's, who've you given coins to though? You know, like maybe you're, maybe it's just a mindset thing where you're looking at it from the point of view of, uh, that the person giving the coin is yeah. always like the 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 more important or the higher ranking or the whatever yeah. right like yeah. maybe and you're always kind of in like this uh uh like sub role when you receive the coin maybe you should just turn the tables and you should take that dominant position and be like hey I don't know if you know who I am but I'm kind of a big deal here's my coin.
0: Deal. That's hilarious it'd be even better if you actually said that when you coined him like
1: <laughs> I, mean, I don't it's know if ulti- you
0: know this but I'm kind of a big deal
1: It's. I mean it's a pretty big power move to to coin somebody like to coin up you know yeah. what I mean like if you were to go coin your CO yeah. and just and give him one like it, it's like a weird power dynamic weird. There of like this my weird,
0: nephew's always i don't know what it's from but he's always going weird flex but okay <laughs> like
1: yeah no it's i mean it is yeah. it's a super weird <laughs> flex but it's like i don't know I, I i just that was like this weird social experiment that i was thinking about like the, the power like imagine if you went down on you know you're down there doing an inspection on a boat and like yeah. some second class came over and said like hey thanks for coming down and coins you, you <laughs> You'd be like, who the F is this dude? I would dude? die. this is my new favorite Yeah, Yeah, good for you, man. You're going places. You're all right that's funny. Like it's just a weird dynamic, but instead it's always the opposite where like you go down there and they're like, "Oh man, hopefully I can get a coin from this guy." And it's like, "Why?" Yeah. No, I, I want his You got to turn the tables. Like you got to be that second class that palms somebody somebody higher than you a
0: coin. And it'd be even better if the second class had like a personalized coin with their name on it and stuff <laughs> and
1: like
0: 100%. Oh, that would be legendary. Uh
1: 100%. I want to I want to i wish that you didn't have to pay so much for that initial yeah the mold fee for the, yeah. the, the form or whatever they call it yeah because i would totally order my own coins yeah i don't
0: i'm gonna just get, for that moment yeah i'm gonna get podcast coins eventually like but that same thing like it's like that's why i haven't done it yet because the initial order is going to be like a thousand bucks it's like <laughs> gross i'm gonna go yeah gra- i'm gonna go grab a drink. and then and that's cracker.
1: why people never change them yeah yeah
0: and like there's been a couple of guys i know that uh like so his career path where it's like uh another buddy of mine was at lant and he was a, already a master chief but had never been a cob and he's just like what do, where do i go from here and so he went and talked to the force and was like look if you're telling me i have to go be a cob i'll figure it out but I feel like it would make way more sense for me to just put a CMC package in because I, like he hadn't been like basically like you, he hadn't been in rate on a submarine in like (laughs) over a decade. Yeah. And so like, he was just like, to me, it just makes way more sense. And I'll serve the Navy better by just going and being a CMC next. Cause he's like, I, otherwise I'm probably just going to retire. And so they, he signed off on it and the guy got selected the first time he applied. So it's kind of like Tony where he did the same, went the same route. And I was just like, man, that'd be, it'd be cool if there was like a, a path to do that where I didn't have to like, like be weird, you know, like
1: there is, you just have to convince the yeah. force master chief to let you go that's what i'm saying Without i have to like subvert
0: tour. the normal like process i have to like figure out a way around it and like do some weird backdoor stuff it's like i i'm just not like tony yeah and i'm not that dude like i i don't i'm not as slick I mean, as tony is
1: <laughs> tony well tony didn't do it like i know intentionally i know you know it was just like the circumstances of, Hey, I happen to have a different force now because of where I'm stationed. So, and it's, he, again, he's probably a dude who will be good at it, but same as you, same as me. Like he's probably not going to be the the guy that's going to kill it on, like as a submarine cop because it's just a different, it's a very unique, very specific, like, yeah very it's just so different as far as what like it is and it's not but like the expectations are just so different yeah when you yeah. show up to go do that right um whereas like if you show up as a cmc you're just expected to be the cmc but yeah. like the cob on a boat you know there's that weird expectation that like you've said before like you're the the top side bsp expert yeah. and you're the the best dive on the boat for some yeah. reason or at least pretty capable yeah and then you know like there's just weird stuff like that that you expect people to have those experiences with which doesn't doesn't necessarily make you a good cmc right at all uh it's just i think by the fact that you don't have as many people somebody's got to do those things and so it just falls on you yeah and which is a weird situation unless you just happen to have like a really strong chiefs quarters where you have people that are good at those things and you can just assign them to do it type deal. Right. Or your watch bill is flexible enough that you could support them doing it without screwing over somebody else. So yeah, I don't know. It is a weird thing, but, um, I I was laughing about that. Like I was me and my, my other buddy that, that was, uh, the three of us were in the division with Tony yeah. or the two of us and Tony. Right. And so we were joking, like, uh, I sent him that picture and was talking about where Tony's headed and my buddy was like, dude, I want Tony to write a book called like, I, I can Navy and so can you <laughs> like basically like how to do kind of what you want in the Navy, but still be successful Yeah, because <laughs> he didn't follow like any career ladder yeah. to the T like he did, he did all the opposite. Of like what you're supposed to go do, like he swam upstream the whole time, but he's still just killing it yeah. and he keeps going. You That's know, hilarious. Which is awesome. I love seeing stuff like that. Yeah, but I almost wish it was he like that. You could be more flexible like that. Yeah, in the navy and still be as successful. Where like he's the exception to the rule of right being as being that successful while not following the standard navy pipeline basically yeah and it's i don't know it's just nice to see that it is possible even if it is pretty rare yeah it's like
0: it's strange too and like i don't have the an intimate understanding of his career progression but like it definitely seemed like a lot of the guys that were doing what he was doing Especially within projects, we were having a really hard time promoting because it was a non traditional career path. And they were all staying in that community generally, like just going back mm-hmm. and forth and between like cadets. And so it's, it, I like, I was surprised to see him and like that other dude that uh, put on CMC without being a cop. Like he was kind of the same, where it was like, he, I didn't think he would promote like that, but they did. And so it was kind of interesting to see. And some of it was kind of like he elected to go into like in certain ways he like he like took advantage of opportunities to manipulate is probably the wrong word to just like navigate the system in a certain way to position himself to promote, if that makes sense. Like so like the, the other guy, not I mean, not Tony. I don't know how Tony did it, but yeah, it's just like it happens so it's interesting to see when it does because i like a lot of those guys had a really hard time promoting and i I, i'm sure a lot of it was even though they were in a non-traditional career path a lot of the regular reasons were the reasons they weren't promoting because like because tony was a guy that would go up in control and he was trying to qualify things i'm pretty sure i was his over instruct a couple times but like the um a lot of those guys weren't, they just didn't want to qualify chief of the watching duty chief, even though they were on a mm-hmm. submarine with the opportunity to do so. And so it's just like, mm-hmm. there you go. Like <laughs> I figured out one of the reasons why you're not promoting. And so it was just like, yeah, it was bizarre that like they want, thought they could just be bumps on a log. And by virtue of them being doing like doing some kind of special thing, like job wise, it was like, you, you still got to do the other stuff. Like the, <laughs> And if you do, you're oh, probably yeah. going to give, be given credit for the fact that like, cause I, I tell you when I sat at the board, like the non-traditional career path stuff didn't negatively affect people. It was, it was the not doing all the other stuff on the enlisted career path that was killing right. people. It was just like, yeah, you can do alter or alternative stuff, but it's like, and you'll like largely be given credit for like, if you're doing a like a non-traditional sea duty, you'll be given credit for doing sea duty. And as long as you're still within that non-traditional career path, doing it's like you're an LPO and you're leading sailors and, or you're doing some kind of equivalent and you're leading sailors and you're doing the things and getting the qualifications and maybe like stepping outside of your career path and getting like a, some kind of collateral duty. That's me that has a documented impact. Just all the same crap that's on the ECP and that's in the precepts. Right. Letter. It's like, If you're still checking all those boxes, you're probably still going to promote.
1: Well, that's the same thing that like uh, he said during his brief to the, the staff and the students for, for projects was like the two common things you hear is like uh, projects, people like somehow the two things you hear the most is projects, people promote faster Mm -hmm. and projects kills your career. (laughs) And he was like, both are true and not true yeah. so he was like trying to explain he's like you know when you go to projects like there's this whole screening process you have to be successful to get in there right outside yeah. of like the the first accession guys going uh to the JC or probably have the least that's like the biggest wild card right cuz what you don't really have a lot to judge off of when they get in there but every returnee that's there every fleet returnee is there is like been successful to some extent wherever they were before that so like they're on a whole all the returnees there are probably better than the fleet returnees on the whole at most any other command yeah um just because of like there's a screening process um so when you're around a bunch of successful people who are the type who are like i'm gonna go do that extra call i'm gonna go get Mm -hmm. this thing done like you're more willing to, or you're more likely to do the same thing or they're yeah. more willing to, or likely to drag you along or whatever, however you want to look at it. Uh, he used the, the a rising tide lifts all ships yeah. kind of yeah. mentality, right? Which isn't wrong. So he was well, like, yeah, yeah you might, you're largely not You might not be more successful. Against,
0: yeah. You're largely not competing against the people on that submarine, even though you're competitively ranked against them in a peer group. It's like when you go to the board, you're competing against everyone else doing the same job on a, on a different submarine or whatever, you know what I mean? Like, or on shore duty. So you're not like, that's what gets lost in the sauce a lot is like people are caught up in their, in their competitive group on board the ship. And if they don't get the number one EP, oh my God. And it's like, I, I didn't get a lot of EPs in my career and somehow promoted pretty competitively the entire time. And it's because I'm competing against a group of people that also largely don't get EPs on submarines. And that's another conversation for another time. But like, right, it's right. even because even when I merited one, I didn't get one sometimes, but like it's it, when you're, when you look at the landscape of the people you're competing against, what are they doing? So what do you have to do to be competitive? Not necessarily like you're competing. Cause I, I get, I made chief there early and then I'm competing against these, like guys that would be number one EPs on other submarines in the fleet. And it's like, I'm a brand new chief. I'm still figuring out how to wear my khakis. Like, so of course I'm not going to competitively rank high against all of, all of those guys. But like at the end, I, I got like a number one MP on my way out. And I mean, you could have made a case that I could have gotten an EP, but like they weren't letting me qualify dive and stuff. So that was like, it was an easy way to knock me down, even though like I was trying to, and you just wouldn't let me, but it was like, you know like i fell out about where i probably should have because of the people i was competing against but also like i'm the number one MP, like a number two like e7 chief on board that platform and then people are looking at that like oh okay like compared to everyone else and i was doing all the other things and the eval reps are ridiculous and so it's like yeah when you're competing against that peer group you're gonna do well
1: well, you see that like with pretty much any office, right? Like mm. usually if you see, you know, the more successful or highly ranked or uh, typically it's like with quals, right? Like if you have an office with a lot of qualified people yeah. for whatever, you know, qual is, is good. When you show up, like you know, like here, if you go, like you show up to an office and everybody around you is qualified MTS, yeah. you're probably going to get it pretty quick. Not because it's like Mm -hmm. given to you, but if everybody else has it and everybody else is doing well, like you're, you have a little bit of that outsider syndrome. You're a little more willing to put in the work to be, you know, whatever the case, right? Yeah. And they're going to help you. Right. And you have more people that can help you. So Mm -hmm. like the same thing when you go there, right? If you're that type of person who will put in the effort, then that place is full of people who will put in that effort, which A, makes it more competitive, but B, like you're saying, like outside of that command really helps you. Yeah, Um, for sure. So like, yeah, you might, uh, uh, make rank faster or whatever. But then the other side of it was like that it slows you down. And he was like, projects doesn't slow you down. Uh, or he said projects doesn't slow people down. People slow down at projects, I guess. But it was, his point was kind of like, if you're at a weird out of rate debt, it's like, well, look at your ECP. What do you have to qualify? If there's not like an equivalent to, or whatever else, then like you still have to do those things. Yeah. And so when people don't, when they have that opportunity, then that looks bad. It's like, cool that you're really good at this other thing, but that doesn't matter. Like, I'm not ranking you on how good you are at this random thing. I'm ranking you on how good of a, whatever your source rate is. Right. And if you're not you don't have those wickets met and you had the ability to, then that looks bad on you.
0: Yeah. And like and so it, like Yeah. Interestingly. You, you could they,
1: be really good there, but you're taking yeah. outside of there.
0: Yeah. Interestingly they added to the ECPs, uh, the all the submarine ECPs. There's like a yep. little gouge on what certain like the debt so the does debt, on yeah. the like and what the equivalencies would be and stuff like that. And and it was not like, for all
1: of them, but for, some. no, yeah, not
0: for all for of most. them, mostly for the one that gets underway on that boat, but like, but others, others as well. I'm sure like, I don't know. I'm not yeah, as there's familiar. A couple others yeah. I'm now. not as familiar with the other debts, but like, yeah, it's, it, it like kind of sheds some light on what those quals mean and positions and stuff like that. But then also like, right. M- like generally I feel like there's probably somebody that's going to know, like for that one debt, like you have the opportunity to qualify all the things on an ECP that a normal submarine does. So if you're not doing it, it's like, do you like you had, it's just same thing for surface sailors. Like the for, their question is when they're, you see a sailor that's at an aviation command, it's like, did they get their, their aviation warfare pin? And I'm like, doesn't look like it. And they're like, well, they had the opportunity to, and they didn't. And that's bad, you know? And it's just like, oh, okay. Like, and I got to like, Sometimes people are intelligent enough where like there are commands where it like appears that they would have the opportunity, but like they'll have something in there stating like, no, we did not like there'll be like expeditionary commands where they're like on some kind of a staff. And so they didn't like up at a like headquarters or something. So they didn't have the opportunity to get their EXW pin. And so it's like, right. but they make sure that they state that, which is really smart. It's like, no, like I, I get that it might, may appear, but we did not have the opportunity to get it. Otherwise I would have got it. So that kind of stuff matters. Um, at least at promotion boards, but yeah.
1: Yeah. It's, it, and he had a good point with that too. You know, it was kind of the same thing of like, yeah, you just, if you have the opportunity and you don't do it, then that looks bad. But yeah. which is true of any that's in any community, like you're saying, but right. um, it was more of like people will get sucked into what they do. And then they like, you know, when it's for testing purposes, like you just don't stay up with your own rate and then your test scores start tanking yeah. because like you could be awesome at this other thing but if you you still have to pass your rating exam. And so if you can't do that, then that's your problem. Like you need to fix that. And that's where people right. will like that. It's not projects didn't do that. They didn't force you into being bad at your job. Right. You just have to put in that extra effort to stay good at your job. And like, yeah, it's extra work, but that's also why the whole thing is the whole process. The whole community is extra, which is why when you do good there, it looks really good. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, wow, they were able to do all of these things and more. Yeah. Just because they were just, even if it's the inconvenience factor.
0: Yeah. It's like, <laughs> like just the pain you had to go through and still found a way to succeed. Um, yeah, exactly. There's a thing I've been thinking about weirdly where it's like, I feel like it, it might be a supply thing that I, well, no, that's not true. Cause I've noticed a lot of A gangers and a couple other rates, but so it's probably everybody. Um, it's like the you see sailors like you'll see first classes and they're like the hard workers that are like the reliable go to type of people that aren't making board because they're the type of people that you're like, like, oh, he's got he's got to have like a really great chance of making chief or you're just like hopefully optimistic that that, you know, like I, I really hope that guy makes chief this year or that I really hope she makes chief this year. Mm -hmm. and then they don't and you're like what and then you you do the poking around because maybe it's not somebody you're you're very familiar with and you're like oh well they Mm -hmm. didn't make board and you're like what and because they're just so knowledgeable and great at their job and so like i feel like as i've because i kind of hopscotch around submarines all over uh all over the pacific fleet and i'm just like I see these, these sailors that I, like, even if they're like not supply specific, it's like sailors that I've, I've worked with before. And even on my last boat, I had one guy there that, I mean, he's the guy that FSA'd for me and he was still a first class and I'm a senior chief. And I'm just like, like what happened? Like, and I, there was a story there, but it's just like a lot of the times I've noticed that these first classes just aren't making board. And I'm like, oh my God. And there's so many, even a guy, I, I ended up making Chief of this Torpedo Man that um, he was clearly like ridiculous at his job. Uh, and he was like the fill in the Chiefs role, like stand and dive, like doing amazing things. He was in projects, like just great guy. And like year mm-hmm. after year, he wasn't making board. And he was the type of dude that like his record was immaculate. Like all if he would make board, it was like, a slam dunk if there was quotas that he was going to make chief. Right. And so he finally made board the year that, uh, the year that I made it. And, uh, he was the most senior TM one that made chief that year, like on the list. And it was just like, I watched that happen and I'm just like, good God, man. And it's like, I know, I don't know like I know some of it I've known people throughout my career that like just get like really like get a lot of anxiety when like they like panic when they take tests um mm-hmm. but then I know there's others that I feel like like there's certain rates that have like you were mentioning with the exams that you were taking for that inspection where they're taking exams and it's got like just ridiculous questions that aren't applicable on submarines and um but then it's like I feel feel like a lot of the times it's people aren't taking like the process seriously enough. Like like they think that by virtue of doing their job they're gonna pass a Chiefs exam instead of so studying and like understanding the way Navy advancement works and understanding the way that the exams are written and the type of stuff that it's gonna appear and use your bibliography to study and blah 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 blah. Like as simple as that seems to be to you and I, it's like, I I feel like when I have conversations with them, it's like, they're not, they're just not like engaged in that area. You know what I mean? Where they're not taking the time Mm -hmm. to understand how the Navy advances system works and, and that they do in fact need to study the things on the bibliography and understand that like the questions are pulled from there, not necessarily from your daily activities within whatever rate we're talking right. about. And so it's just like, you might get those questions, but if you're studying, um, and like one of the best things I've ever seen, I wish it was around when I was studying is that, um, the blue Jacketeer, like I interviewed those guys a long time ago and I have been in like sporadic contact with the owners, but, um, the, the, the structure of that app that they have is like they update the questions from the bibliographies as they're released. And when you do it, it's just like this app that asks you questions and as the, it'll repeat questions, but as you answer them correctly over and over again, it we, it takes those questions out and starts to like tailor the questions it's asking you to your weak areas. You know what I mean? So it's like, it's just an algorithm that like, okay, so you, you're answering all these questions in this one area, right? It starts to take those questions out. And only asks you questions in the areas that you're not answering them correctly over time. Mm-hmm. And it's just a quick thing where like you could be, I mean, obviously on submarines, it's probably not going to happen. But like like on surface ships, you could be standing in the chow line like studying or like, instead of, or like sitting at dental waiting for them to call you in and be studying. Or sitting in a tr- truck or car or whatever in the conduct of your duties waiting for something to happen and studying. As long as you can have your, your phone wherever you're at. Um, and it's like, it's amazing because I feel like it, it reaches sailors where they are. And like, yeah. I'm not sponsored by the way, I'm not sponsored by anybody, um, <laughs> but I just love those guys. Like I love their product and I've heard, a, I, I suggest it to a lot of people and I see a lot of crazy uh, reviews for like just sailors saying like this made my score go up like 20 points. Um, but like, yeah, I don't know. Weirdly. I've, I don't know I've just been thinking about it kind of kind of I, I, like philosophically or like I don't know like just in general I've been like trying to figure out why that's a problem like why why these first classes that are doing such a great job at their primary duty and that you like you'll see a lot of them get really frustrated by the fact that they're not making board too but it's like well what are you doing about it <laughs> like and maybe they don't have the leadership that is like, providing that type of like those types of answers and guidance and like tools and even just time to study um yeah yeah i don't know the the
1: making making board part is hard because there's only so much that outside help can give you i guess Mm -hmm. like that that's the part where there's a lot more i think on you individually of like you need to study more or you need to just do your actual job more, at least enough to pass the test. Right. You don't have to get a 90 on it. You just have to, you just have to pass, which is like, I don't know, not to sound like insulting, but like, it's a fairly low, not low, I guess. I don't know. It's not a low bar, but like, I just noticed, like for my test, like it took me three times. Well, it was my third time that I made board, and I didn't make it till my fourth time. But like when I went out of rate, my score tanked, right? Um, because I just didn't do and I just wasn't staying up on any of it, right? Yeah. And I'm not much like the way I learn. Like I can't just read about it. Like I, I have know to I'm an do alien,
0: it. dude. I can sit down with a reference and just like take notes and highlight and yeah, like wow. retain. I, it. I I and I get that most people aren't like that, so I try not to like suggest that because I know it's I mean like, I super can do weird. it,
1: but it just doesn't stick the same. Yeah in a test when you're just blasted with like serial information, just, you know, over and over and over. So like when I, I have to do it and then it really cements itself. Right. Yeah. So it, it took me a little while to where I was like back sort of doing my rate where I was kind of like, okay, some of this is coming back to me. And then that's when I finally passed it and made board. And then, I didn't make it that year and who knows why. And then the next year I did whatever it was fine. Yeah. But, um, it, I get that piece of it, but I, it's like, it's hard for me and most people I would assume at least to be able to train that into somebody. Cause like some weekly divisional training is not going to get that to right, you. Right. Uh, you know, maybe reading it helps, maybe it doesn't, but if just reading, it doesn't help you. And that's not how you learn there there's not a whole lot I could do. Like I, I, we were talking about earlier, like most people can't afford, I can't just send you underway to go learn your job. Like I need you to do your job here, not do your job with somebody else. Um, and you know, the onesie twosie, there's ways you can work around that. But, um, it, I think what gets me more is, as we were talking about, it came up the other day in my office, somebody came in and we were kind of joking. We we're like, he was giving us a hard time about like, well, nobody listens to us with this, you know, so like, will you go tell them these things. And I was like, well, no, you will come with me. And I stand <laughs> next to you yeah. because like you legitimately know more about this than me and you can answer the questions. So either, and it's not like, like you're the one that needs the, that deserves the credit for right having all these answers and in like a slightly self-serving way i look like less of an idiot when i can't answer them and you can right but i mean it's not it's not that i look try to not look like an idiot but it's like you're the one who is expected to know this yeah i get that i'm supposed to know it also but it's like not totally my area of expertise i guess i don't know how to really describe it but yeah. like i'm not a button pusher To the same extent anymore you know what i mean yeah so somebody wants like a button pusher answer like you're probably the guy to ask not me uh but for whatever reason that is true where like it somehow comes it it means something different if i say advice if you say it yeah so how about you say the same thing you would say to me but i'll just stand there and which just somehow lends credence to whatever you're saying but anyways we were Something like that came up, and I was joking. I was like, Well, hope I was like, Well, you know, when the results come out and you make chiefs this year, it'll it won't be an issue anymore. Yeah. And uh, he's always like, He just rolls his eyes at all that (laughs) stuff, and it's the same thing. And then we during like midterms, because those just happened right like earlier this month, and or for yeah, E6 midterms, and um, we had told him like a couple of the guys we told them like hey i really like legitimately i hope to see your name on the list like i hope you made it you know i know you made board but like i really hope there whatever and it's usually like oh yeah i'm sure you're just like can't wait or whatever and like and i think that's like it kind of surprised me some of them were like, oh, you just can't wait to mess with me during the season. Right, right, right. And one of the guys I kind of laughed at and I was like, oh yeah, no, it's a hundred percent what I'm waiting for. Like <laughs> just joking with them about it.
0: Yeah.
1: But like, and to some extent, sometimes there's a little bit of truth to that yeah. of like, but not like mess with somebody, but like you hope to drive you're I'm hoping that they're gonna get the lessons that we've been trying to teach them but maybe if it comes from everybody else and not just me, it'll sink in that. That's like a real thing that we're trying to teach them. Yeah. Um. But a lot of it is like, I, it, I was more like surprised. Like one of the guys I finally stopped I was like, do you think that we legitimately don't want you to make it? Yeah. Like why? And he was like, Oh, I don't know. Like more or less his thought was like, why would it not like, why do you care or whatever? But like, how does it, and it's like, I don't know. Like, I still like seeing other people do well. That's a yeah. thing. But then I realized like a lot of that has to do with the way, the way the Navy kind of brings you up. Right. Cause until you make chief you're, v- I mean even afterwards, but like until then you are very much like, I need to be the best that I can be. And I need to beat everybody else around me yeah. for ranking for whatever. But then once you know, one of the big things that we teach throughout the season and is like, it's not about you anymore. It's about your guys and you want your guys to do really well. Yeah. But we were trying to explain to a couple of the LPO's of like, you need to be in that mindset now. Like you're already the LPO for a reason. Yeah. You're already good for a reason. You need to make everybody else in your office. Good. Not right. just you. And like trying to explain that to him. It's like, I hope to see you there and you will learn this if you do make it uh but i'm just trying to help you out now like yeah consider this you know answer to the test or whatever but like however you want to look at it but like you need it's not you anymore i know that you're still first class and in your head that's still what it is And that's a hard thing to get out of your head for a lot of people when they make chief but like you need to make other people do better and like it's legitimately cool to see like I love seeing like when results come out, it's super exciting. Yeah. And the amount of, the amount of chiefs that I see that like are diving after, like when you hear like, oh, CMC's got the results, like yeah, the amount yeah. of people that are speed calling everybody, yeah, like asking for your buddies or whatever, asking about these guys. Like, it's not because you're like, oh man, I can't wait to watch that dude do push ups forever. It's like, no, like this is awesome. Like it's exciting. I don't know. Yeah. I, I just, I was surprised that he thought that it was weird that, like, when he was just looking at, like, why would, not like, why would you care, but almost, you know what I mean? Like, why, like, sure, okay, whatever, like, we made chief, or, you know, maybe we do, whatever, but, like, why would you really, like, legitimately be invested in seeing my name there? And it's like, I don't know, it's exciting. I, yeah. And I think that like we legitimately want to see our people do well it's not like but not even it's like a flex on somebody else in the office or whatever it's like that has nothing to do with it i think that there's plenty of people i want to see make it not yeah
0: yeah the sailors that, that have that like mentality i feel like are the ones that um had some kind of an experience with chiefs that got them like to that place where they think that it's not about them. Like it's about that chief's eval or that chief just wants to mess with them or whatever. And and so like kind of almost like those, so those cooks on that boat in dealing with that senior enlisted leader, it's like they have this idea in their mind that a person wearing a cookie to work is like out to get them now. You know what I mean? And it's so like they now have to have a positive experience to like counterbalance that in some way. And so like, cause even their experience with chiefs wasn't good. Uh, cause they're all per the per, they're really junior. And the one that isn't there anymore, it wasn't a positive experience. So like when I came down to do the inspection, it like you could see it took a minute to break the ice and like only one of the three juniors fully like fully let go of that um like apprehension around me. Like the, The one and it was the guy that I got to spend the most time with because he was just on days and the two other the two other juniors were on nights so I saw them less like I saw them but I saw them significantly less time during uh, our time on board so it was just like you could tell and I I went out of my way to and I didn't have to do this like I sat down with one of the two uh, juniors at night because she was at a place where she was ready to so like do significant things on a qualification card and so like. I said, hey, go get your qual, like go get your qual card and we'll sit down and do that because it required like an ISIC level or above uh, person and doing my job to sign. And so I was like, go get that qual card and we'll we'll go through a bunch of it. And she was like, oh, you could see like the the apprehension. And, and she was like, OK, and then like went and got it and came out and sat down with me. for, And we sat there for probably an hour. And it was more like because I knew she had never been given the training that she needed, it was more like I just sat there and provided it. Like she just sat there and listened and like would ask some questions here and there. But most of it was just me providing training and like asking her, like, do you you know, does that make sense? Have you done that before? Have you done this before? Mm -hmm. Like and we would talk through a lot of the stuff. And so like we got a bunch of stuff, like a bunch of the knowledge stuff on that call card done. And at the end, you could see her just like, like waiting for the catch. You know what I mean? Like, like waiting for like, why is, why are you doing this? And then at the end, I was just like, are right, you got any questions about anything? You know, like whatever. And she's like, no, I think like, I, like I just need, it was just one of those things where like, because they were man the way that they were, like they were trying to transition her to this, this position where she'd be f- like, finish that qual and do that thing. And, um, because they didn't have enough people right then, it was like she knew she wouldn't be able to get the, like the time on the computer doing the thing, uh, like just to get the repetitions to really get good at it. Until they had more people there, and so like that's basically what she said. She's like, I know I need to get more time on the computer, and like because I told her I'm like bully your way into there with CS1 so that you can sit down with them and like get some of those reps and have him guide you through some of this stuff so that you understand it. And she's like, yeah, no, I know I need to do that. It's just with the lack of people, it's really hard to find that time. And I'm like, no, I totally get that. But like, as those, cause they have new people that are supposed to be coming out. I'm like when that happens and you, cause then you're going to have to train them to make them useful, to free up your time to then go do that. Um, mm-hmm. and that's kind of what I, we discussed. But then when she was done, she just looked at me like, okay, I guess there's no catch. And she was just like, thank you. Like, I really appreciate that. And then walked away and that was it. And so it was just like, it was weird because like, and, and unfortunate because you have to like, after they had that initial negative experience, you then have to counterbalance that with a really positive one. And it's a lot harder to get them to buy it. You know what I mean? Because there's that, Oh, I've seen this before, you know, like where's the catch. And it's just like, <sighs> like, so then to get those first classes to like, like, genuinely believe that you just care about their development and that like you're just excited to see them promote. It's like they have seen so many interactions that have gotten them to the point where they believe that that you don't feel that way and that you it's just like a you just want to like haze them when the season when the shenanigans start or whatever. It's like they've had enough experiences that have reinforced that mentality that it's like when a dude like you or I come along and at start like like no, really. I just care about you, and I just want to like see you develop and do whatever is positive for you. Because like the the selfish motivation that those other people had to do whatever they were doing, like mine is to see you do well. Because I get I do get something out of that. I don't want it to like think that it's all just like because I'm some I'm some leadership saint or something. Like I'm not. I I really do this from a place of like. I genuinely care about you, but I also get a lot out of investing in you and seeing you develop and whatever. Like it, it benefits me too. Like I, it, it's the way that I get satisfaction out of my job. And so, like, but to convince them of that is a lot more difficult. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like you got to like over a period of time overcompensate a little bit to try to get them to trust you. I've noticed that through the podcast too, man. Like to try to sell juniors on the fact that this senior chief that's talking into a microphone and bringing his friends on and stuff like, like there's no ulterior motive there. Like it's, it took a minute to get a lot of the people to like trust that. And some people still don't like,
1: well, there's still, there's also like how many, uh, there's, there's a lot of people that you want to make it because you see the way they, operate basically and you're like you should be a chief right and you act like one you have great ideas you're probably better that you'll like day one will probably be better off than like a handful of people that are already in the mess like or at least as good as you know what i mean like i i i want you to get paid and the recognition that you deserve and i also want you like on my team when you're in the, the mess because I think you will go do these good things and you are like the person that will help make certain things happen. And like, that's what I want. So like, I really want you to make it because right. I want you here. <laughs> I want you to like, I want your voice at that next meeting for yeah. these things to help say or do or whatever. And like, and I don't know, it's just one of those like, yeah, you're just saying that. It's right. like, no, like <laughs> you know how much easier everybody's life would be if we didn't have to not if we didn't have to deal with a a chief season, like it's not something that like you just deal with, you know what I mean? But like, there's a lot of extra work that goes into this for a reason. Um, But like we do it because like, we want those people to succeed. And I, I don't know. Yeah. It's just weird when people are like, oh man, I was so happy to see your name on the list. And it's like, why though yeah you know like when that happened to me like it doesn't make any sense like who what how does this remotely affect like you retired three years ago why do you care well yeah it's
0: yeah it i think some of it you just you like it's impossible for you to understand some of it until you've been a chief for a while and then you kind of get it it's just like that's just the nature of of the beast, yeah. like it's just the nature of that leadership development that happens and the maturing and whatever. But and you just understand the way the Chiefs mess works. So like what you just described, where it's like we're stronger because of it. And so now I I'm psyched that you're on my team. It's like it's like a like an NFL draft, you know? Like I'm psyched that you're on yeah. my team. Like I'm I'm pumped that. I can now put you in positions I couldn't couldn't necessarily put you in before. And you just get to be a part of this process and you get to and like you said, you get the pay and benefits and all the things that come along with doing that. And like you're just pumped. And like also the the seeing good people that you care about. Because like the the concept that I could be in the position that I'm in as a, as a leading chief of a division and not care about those people that i'm spending all that time with like to Mm -hmm. me that's like wild as a concept because even the even chiefs that like junior sailors eat like to this day will say like if you brought the guy up or or whoever they'd be like oh that that's he was a terrible chief even those people Mm -hmm. in my experience behind the closed door of the mess and having conversations with him and stuff like that it's like they genuinely cared about their sailors. They just weren't doing their job in a way that, like, best conveyed that for a bunch of reasons. And it's just, like, some of it's, like, you know, it's, like, lack of maturity and they didn't understand how to communicate. Some of it's this weird complex that junior chiefs or just, like, undeveloped leaders get when they're they're doing it where they feel like they've got to, like, fake it. You know, like, they got to conform to this, like, chief, like idea that they have like this they have this idea of what a chief's supposed to be and they start trying to conform to it and by virtue of doing that it's like they turn into this like warped version of themselves because they're not just naturally Mm -hmm. being the leader that they would be otherwise and um it's like getting filtered through this weird chief thing that it's not natural for them and so like there's all these reasons that it can and does happen but it's like When you talk to the person, like, because when you close the door uh, of the mess, they get to kind of like shed that and like call, like, relax. And when you're talking to them, even if it's just like just a normal conversation, or it's something like I've had a bunch of chiefs like that that their juniors would say that about them that they didn't give a crap about me and they were terrible leaders. Those chiefs being visibly frustrated and like asking like what like what am i doing wrong how can i do this better i just want to take care of my sailors and it's like it's sometimes it's really difficult to get them to like fix that and it takes a long period of time and sometimes it never gets fixed because they don't want to hear it like but there's just like this weirdness when you're having those conversations because it's like like you try to fix them and you try to develop them and you try to do all those things. But it's like, even those ones that are universally considered terrible chiefs or terrible leaders genuinely care about their sailors, like really, really do. And I mean, there's occasionally some sociopath out there that just wants to like watch the world burn, but it's really rare. And so like the 99% of the time, those chiefs that you think are so terrible They really do care about you, Um, but there's definitely stories. I mean, there's definitely stories out there about like crazy, like sociopathic, like I just want to hurt you and watch the world burn types like they exist,
1: but I feel like they're Uh, pretty rare. Yeah, I don't. Yeah, Yeah. I don't think that it's as common as people think.
0: Yeah, I don't either. Um, because I think even some of the ones that passes as that, it's like there, there's a lot of other reasons why you think they're that way. Like just defeated, burnt out, bitter, jaded people for so many reasons. Their personal life's probably exploding and they're angry. And so they're taking it out on people that don't deserve it. Like there's a like bunch of reasons. but like they're not evil like and they really do care about you they're just not they probably shouldn't even be in a leadership position at that point if their whole life's on fire but um yeah but yeah Uh, holy crap man two hours yeah it's late two hours and 20 minutes (laughs) uh yeah that was fun though um yeah man what else is going on in the fucking world over there like i know you gotta go but
1: um, it's early for me <laughs> what was I going to tell you oh so here's a wild one I'm
0: just going to click stop alright I hope you guys enjoyed that Um, I, always fun talking to Chief Bob we kind of catch up and download everything about once a month and uh, sometimes it's appropriate to record sometimes it's not um, and then I'm going to try to start doing some of these with other people uh, just not as the Chiefs but just kind of catching up and Going over a a bunch of issues because I think it's fun and to talk about like people's life experiences and this type of stuff they're dealing with in leadership scenarios uh, on a daily basis. But also, as I am transitioning to retirement, uh, I'm not going to have as many of these experiences. So I'll only be drawing on my historical experiences. So it'll be more fun, I think, and more productive uh, for the listener to hear me talk to people that are, are in the in the mix doing it every day. Uh, so that's the kind of thing that I'm going to just start to try to spin up as well. Uh, and then I got something fun. I keep mentioning it because I'm excited, but I have, I'm i not even close to being done. I'm getting closer to being able to launch this thing. Uh, so I'm pretty pumped about that. As soon as I get to a place where I can start sharing stuff on social media, I will let all of you know via social media. And I'll, I'll, I'm sure I'll start mentioning on the podcast. But uh, I think... People will be pumped about it. I, I am. I mean, I'm excited and I've I've shared it with a few friends, and they're like, oh my God, that's cool. So um yeah, I, I'm pretty pumped for that. So announcement inbound. And then uh and then yeah, like always, if you need anything from us, hit us up. Don't go ship podcast at gmail.com. You can Facebook message us, don't go up the ship podcast, or you can hit me up on Instagram or Reddit at DGus Podcast. Uh, Let us know if you need anything. You got any questions, comments, concerns, critiques, whatever. Uh, Always here if you need us. And then uh, if you would, I haven't mentioned it in a while, but if you would like, share, subscribe, review on all the platforms for all the things, not just for podcasts, but just on social media, helps us get the word out and all the stupid social media algorithms will like us better if people are mentioning us and liking us and subscribing and commenting and doing a liking and doing all that stuff. So the more interactions our stuff gets, the more it'll kind of get out there to the people that need it. Uh, And that's it. That's what I got for you today. Thank you so much for listening and don't give up the ship.